Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode, I explore Marcus Buckingham's recent HBR video, The Most Engaged Employee in the World. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I'm excited to be with you again for today's podcast episode. Today, as part of our HBR Minute series, I will be exploring Marcus Buckingham's recent HBR video, The Most Engaged Employee in the World. In this video, he talks about results from a 19-country study on employee engagement, where he looks at and creates a composite character around the factors that make us to feel engaged at work. And he'll go through all of that along with one of his colleagues to describe how we can better engage our employees when we're leaders, how we can create a more engaging environment, an environment where people can feel more motivated and do their best work. So I'm excited to have the opportunity to explore this and share some of my thoughts along with the research insights that they share. And I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. So let me tell you about Barbara. Barbara, it turns out, is somebody that you're really going to want to know because she is, in fact, the most engaged employee in the world. I know this because as head of the ADP Research Institute, we've just finished this 19-country study. We really wanted to know how high is engagement in different countries and what drives it. But as part of the research, we sliced it and sliced it and sliced the data. And we found there's one work in the world who's more engaged than anyone else. Her name, Barbara. That's a joke. It's not really her name. She's a composite. But when you slice the data, she's a manager or team leader in professional services. She's been with her company five years or more. She works on a team... She has a main job, and she's also got kind of a side gig that she does. She's a blogger. Oh, she works at home 80% of the time. When she goes into an office, it happens to be the headquarters of her firm. Her commute, in case you're interested, 31 minutes to 60 minutes. She's been with the company. Have I said that already? She's married, but she doesn't have any kids. She does have a pet, though. Uh, A python by the name of, apparently, Gregory. So that's Barbara. Listen, we don't really know that she's got a pet. Well, we know she's got a pet. We don't know that the pet is a python. And we don't know, we can't be sure, that the python's name is Gregory. But everything else prior to that is true. What a fun composite character that they've created to describe the characteristics of the prototypical engaged employee. Now, they mentioned a whole slew of things in relation to this composite of Barbara as the most engaged employee in the world, and I just wanted to touch on a few, and they they will touch on more as the, cl- the video goes on and you hear additional clips from the video. But 
from what they said, I, I thought it was so interesting that one, she's part of a team. Uh, she leads people. She works from home 80% of the time. She has a reasonable commute. She also, uh, she, she does engaging types of work, uh, work that, uh, that she can get excited about as she gets up in the morning. Um, it goes on and on and on all these different demographic characteristics, all these different factors. The bottom line though, is as a composite, what we know about this Barbara character is that, uh, she's, she's an ordinary person, like an ordinary employee and an everyday employee that can be engaged when the circumstances are right, when the environment is created to allow for engagement. Um, the fact that females are a little bit more engaged than males, um, that kind of a demographic factor, um, I, I'm not sure is all that important, really, um, as, as we uh, lead people in our teams. But if we recognize elements like allowing people the autonomy and the flexibility to work from home, but also feel connected with the workplace. So maybe a hybrid model, a hybrid approach where they can work from home uh, 75, 80% of the time, but still come in for important meetings and collaborative opportunities, uh, an opportunity for, for people to work in meaningful collaborative teams. Uh, there's just so many really great tidbits that come out of that first little clip. So let's continue on and find out a little bit more. As it happens, women are slightly more engaged than men. As it happens, professional service is slightly more engaging than it is to work in construction, let's say. But of all the things that we know about Barbara, by far the single most powerful one is that she is a member of a team. A team, of course, is a group of people who've agreed to work together. We like to walk through the world as though people are the same as one another. But you look around you and you see the first thing that strikes you about humanity is we're all, we're all different from one another. The best leaders know that the, the idiosyncrasy of every person is a wonderful thing to be drawn out, that the weirdness of a human being is the best bit. How do you knit weirdness together in the service of something useful? The answer is this splendid piece of technology, thousands of years old, called the team. I think it's really interesting that they key in on that team aspect of this prototypical composite of Barbara as the most engaged employee in the world. Now, for someone to be truly engaged, they need to be excited about the work that they do. They need to be invigorated. They need to uh, be racing to work in the morning to continue to let the creativity and the innovation flow where they're doing stuff that they're good at, where they're productive, right? Now, none of us have all of the capabilities or competencies needed to be effective in everything that we're doing. And so that's where teamwork comes in. When you have a good team, a really strong team that is firing on all cylinders, you complement each other and your efforts. And that allows you to get so much more done, to be much so much more productive. And when you leverage the diversity on your team, when you when you recognize the the value that comes from all the different backgrounds and perspectives and the different skill sets, you leverage those and all of that diversity, then it it, it even increases those outcomes and it makes for an even more engaging type of an environment. Now, interestingly though, um, we know from not only this research that they're citing, but I've done a lot of research myself in the same area. Uh, I've done many, many studies, dozens of studies looking at countries around the world, as many as 37 um, countries related to the workplace experience of employees, employee engagement, satisfaction. 
and the various factors that drive those those outcomes. And what I see over and over and over again is that relationships in the workplace matter. They matter a lot. And so when you have really high-performing teams, you have strong relationships where there's mutual accountability and trust. And that drives engagement and satisfaction. The opposite is also true. When you have really dysfunctional teams, that's one of the first things to, to drive um, dissatisfaction because those, those negative relation, relationships um, make going to work and being and, and performing your work to be much more difficult. And it's hard to say, sustain the level of excitement and energy behind your work. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. If you say you're part of a team, if you feel part of a team, you are twice as likely, twice as likely, to be fully engaged at work. Barbara's part of the gig economy as well, with one full-time job and one side hustle. Are there any lessons there for the world of work? The two most compelling reasons for people to be gig workers are, number one, that it gives them a greater opportunity to be in control of their lives. 25% of all gig workers around the world give themselves the same title, president. And the second most powerful reason... The full-time job gives us predictability and stability. The gig job gives us a chance to do something that matters to us. To do what you love. Some stability here and then some flexibility, creativity there is something that we could all learn from. I love the focus on the side hustle. Uh, Again, this bears out in a lot of research, not just in their study. But people want the opportunity to have autonomy and to be able to master something. And a lot of times what we do in the workplace just doesn't provide us with as much of that autonomy and mastery opportunity uh, as we might crave. And so when we are involved in the gig economy, when we have a side hustle, it can actually enhance our creativity and innovation and our performance, not only in the gig work that we do, but also in our main job. Uh, And as as one that has been involved in a lot of side hustles in my day, uh, this certainly holds true for me. Uh, I, I have my day job, my full-time gig as a professor. I love it. It provides tons of stability. It provides um, that home base that I can come back to again and again. 
I know that I always am providing for my family, but then it provides me with the security to go out and innovate and to try different things and to do lots of different side hustles. And I don't, I don't have to worry about my family getting by uh, because you know something I'm trying might fail. So, I, so it, it frees me up to be even more creative. And I, I just love it. I love working on these creative side projects um, that, it, that informs my work as a university professor and helps me to be a better teacher and a better researcher. And all in all, it's, it's just a win-win for everybody. We learned Barbara's a remote worker, but that might be a little bit surprising because we think of remote workers being somehow separate. The data says that remote workers who feel like they are part of a team are actually more engaged than co-located workers who come to the office today who feel that they are part of a team. Clearly, there's some value to working at home and having the creativity and the flexibility that comes with that, the control of your own schedule. Remote and feeling part of a team trumps co-located and feeling like part of a team question is, how can I get more barbers? I think this insight about working from home and being able to go into the office, having that mixed approach, I think this is particularly timely because of the pandemic and all the remote workers. And when we're so isolated, we can see how, how challenging that can be over time where we don't have that connection directly with people. But what the research is showing, um, both this study and in additional research and in my own research, is that this hybrid approach, uh, taking the best of both worlds and, and really uh, all of the cost savings, all of the productivity uh, increases that can come from uh, remote work and allowing people flexibility over their schedules and the autonomy to organize and schedule their day, um, that that provides a ton of benefit, especially when coupled with uh, a meaningful team experience and the opportunity that they have to come in maybe once or twice a week to be able to work with their team and to do those more hands-on collaborative types of of meetings and work that uh, will drive the success of the team. Uh, it's really an interesting finding and it, again, holds true for me and I think it's particularly important during this pandemic. At the moment, the levels of engagement are not high at all. 15.8% of people are fully engaged at work. That means 85% of us around the world are just coming to work. So our challenge really is once we get people to come in and join our companies, how do we get them engaged? How do we get them productive? We would all like to have the world's most engaged person working on our team, to which the answer is you do already. You just have to help them express that and step into that. It's not a question of choosing the right person. There's nothing about Barbara that's inherently engaged. There is a set of things in her environment that each of us could help create at work that brings out the best in Barbara. Do you feel part of a team? Does the team bring out the best in you? That's how you get more Barbaras. Let that number sink in a little bit. 15.8 of the global workforce is actively engaged in their work. That means near 85% are disengaged to some extent. Uh, That's that's horrible. (laughs) When you think about the lost um, productivity, the the opportunity cost, and the, the overall economic cost to societies and to the firms that employ these individuals. That's not ideal for anybody. And think about the lives of those 80, close to 85% of employees around the world that don't get 
excited about their work, who don't go to work engaged, who don't go excited and happy about what they're going to be doing, where they're doing fulfilling work, where they're working with other people that they that they enjoy, and the opportunity to learn and grow. So we need to create more engaging types of environments. And it's not rocket science. You create good teams where people can do meaningful work, where people can lean on and rely on each other, where they can stretch, where they can grow. You give people the opportunity to do what they do best each and every day. Uh, when you do those simple types of things as a leader, you create an environment in which individuals will thrive. They can achieve their potential and they will be engaged, which will lead to higher performance and better firm outcomes uh, for your organization. That's that's good for everyone. That's good for society. That's good for the company. And that's good for the individual employees. So let's do it. We can do it. And there's nothing magical about Barbara, this, this composite of Barbara. Anyone can be engaged when the circumstances are right. And, you know, I think about the own, my own ebbs and flows and engagement in various jobs that I've had. And I can always point to negative factors really when I'm going through a dip. I can point to those negative factors that are driving disengagement. And they're things that can be controlled by leaders. It's when leaders are, are either oblivious to their actions and doing things that, that drive disengagement or sometimes their incompetence that drives disengagement, but ultimately they're, they're things that we can sidestep. We, we don't have to fall into those traps again and again and again if we're attuned to this idea of employee engagement and creating a robust, healthy workplace. Thank you for joining me for this HBR Minute. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think.
Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.